Hello, and welcome to episode 10 of Snape Chat, the voice of the Snapedom, exploring the world of Snape in art, fic, meta, music, and more. You may have noticed that we just had a new episode not too long ago. That's because we've decided to start bi-monthly programs. We'll be alternating interview and discussion shows. For this episode, I'll be interviewing the wonderful artist, Snevra Sape. Enjoy the show. This is Snape-centric, and I'm here with Snevra Sape. And we're going to discuss her art and life and have a good chat. Well, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me, actually. Tell us a bit about yourself. Okay, so I, I, I guess I'll just do broad strokes on this. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> in terms of age, I'm in my 30s. I'm in my early 30s. And I'm currently located in Asia, mostly in Southeast Asia, East Asia. Um, I ping pong from between those two region, regions. And I currently work in... As many people in Tumblr do, I am currently working in a very uh, respectable <laughs> institution. Um. <laughs> so <laughs> I can't really say what it is, but it, it's in international development. So it's very far off from whatever we do on Tumblr, which is a relief, actually, to have something like Tumblr. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just... I'm sure just having something different from your busy regular life. Yeah, very much so. And I can't even, I can't really talk to any Snape fans in there, you know. (laughs) It's just a bunch of crusty (laughs) old men. (laughs) Oh boy. (laughs) Interesting. So what brought you into the Snape-dom? In general, I think like a lot of us, it was the books. My older brother got gifted with the first three books sometime in the 90s. And I pretty much stole them and read them in a span of, I don't know, a week or something. You know how you get a really good book and you can't, oh, yeah. <laughs> you can't really put it down. So oh, yes. <laughs> I think for a lot of us, Harry Potter was like that. And it truly was like it for me. Like I could not put those books down and I couldn't sleep until I found out what happened to all of them. So that's how I got into the main Harry Potter f- fandom. And Snape really was the character I zoomed in on from the get-go. I really don't have any... I don't know why an 11-year-old child liked this very mean <laughs> teacher, but <laughs> I did. I, 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 don't, I can't really explain myself at that age, but yeah, that's pretty much how I started. Yeah, that's... I've heard other people, I, I came at it as an adult, so I'm an outlier, but. I find that really interesting, actually. So um, when people have different <laughs> reasons, but then we all land on the same character, so. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's just because he's so wonderful. <laughs> Do you find something particularly compelling about him that you could tell us? Um. Well, I guess from, I mean, as I got older, I. I managed to study more <laughs> or actually ask myself more ask myself more about why I like this character and I guess it boils down to I just really like that he's nasty <laughs> and a real piece of work <laughs> like I wouldn't want to meet him in real life but as a book character there's a lot of material to work with when it comes to Snape and I I don't really like flat characters personality quirks like his make you want to find out more about a character and that's how he is for me like he was the mean teacher but also the type to make you think 
Like he wouldn't stop at just calling you mean things. He will actually push you and try to help you reach your potential. At least that's how I that's how I saw it because I had teachers like him. And his being nasty was also it also made me so curious because it it occurred to me that this guy can't be nasty all the time. So like who are his friends and I mean how how does he really work? And honestly, I think the author J.K. Rowling had probably had a crush on the teacher that she had based Snape on because I just get those vibes that she was a bit she um, she did love this character for some reason but you know yeah he is just a fascinating character you like the fact that he's he's mean and you know a carbuncle pretty much do you or <laughs> do you like other facets of him the, the thing I I liked the best was you don't really know for sure whether he's good or bad until the very end. Oh, that's true. And I don't know, that sort of really appealed to me as to why he was protecting Harry. While on the other hand, he hated him at the same time. Were you surprised when he turned out to be a good guy? No, that's what my feeling was all along. So Same with me. (laughs) Yes. So anyway, are you you self-taught with art? So with art, um, actually, to tell you the truth, I didn't draw for any fandom prior to the Snapedom, but I was taught in art. I've always been an art kid. It's something that runs in my family. So I did have formal lessons from a classical artist. But in terms of, uh, when was it? I think maybe it was six or seven. And my grandfather was also an oil painter. So he had stuff around all the time. (laughs) But then I, in terms of drawing digitally, well, in terms of art in general, it was just a hobby. It was something I knew I was, I was good at, but I never really strove to be good at it more. (laughs) So it's just like a dormant talent, I guess. And then I didn't pick it up at all in university because I had to do, you know, I had to study all these boring courses that got me into this boring job. (laughs) (laughs) but I picked it up again during the pandemic when I joined the Snapedom Tumblr I have been on Tumblr a while but it's mostly for general stuff and other other fandoms but this is the first fandom wherein I am actively creating content including art which surprised even me digital art was pretty much self-taught yeah I didn't really have any lessons for that are there other mediums that you enjoy working in um, besides the digital? Traditional, not really, because to be honest, it's a mess. To all, <laughs> I find it so messy, and <laughs> it's, oh yeah, uh, it's nice to the end piece is great, and you know the catharsis that comes with creating creating something with your hands. But I just cannot deal with the mess. <laughs> I and it's very expensive, so having the the digital art, I think, helps a lot of artists Artists because you don't have to buy all of the expensive art materials like Copic markers and all of that stuff because they they cost a lot. It's a different sort of, it has a different feel to them. So I, I appreciate doing it when I have to. For now, I like, I like digital art better. It's just neater. How long does an average piece take you to complete? Ah, uh, sneak piece. Let's see. Um... It really depends. The The ones I tag as messy sketch usually take minutes. It, it ranges between 
10 to maybe 20 minutes, depending on the pose. But sometimes it can take as little as five. But full-blown pieces, the one that has color, maybe take around an hour to an hour and a half. I don't really take long with pieces, but coloring coloring really kills me because I'm as lazy as I am impatient. So (laughs) (laughs) the full-color pieces with a lot of detail in background will take me, yeah, an hour and a half to two hours, maybe. And that would be accompanied by a lot of grumbling and cursing at myself. (laughs) 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 But it gets done anyway. I don't leave it. I don't have any work in progress. I tend to not have those. I just start one and finish it. That's great. Where do you find inspiration for your work? Inspiration, actually from all over. Uh, A lot of it is from my own experiences. So the God Brat, pieces (laughs) the godbrat draco au or even the the headcanons feed off of my own experiences as a godparent and dealing with kids and my feelings about those kids those god kids but i do tend to get inspired by anything that moves me so even my own memories or other people's stories can be an inspiration for me but i tend to lean towards some that evoke feelings for me so I guess that's why I also noticed that in a, lot, a lot of my art, they're subtly sad because also that's that's the feelings I draw from, I guess. It's 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 more I, I'm trying to work through. I'm not trying to work through anything, but sometimes I just have these memories where, oh, I kind of remember doing this with my granddad or something. And I just want to memorialize it a bit. So I put it in a Snape drawing. So, yeah, that's wonderful. <laughs> it's not really rocket science, actually. I think it's a lot. I think artists deal with that kind of stuff a lot, just working through their own memories. Uh-huh. Wow. I really like how you often portray Snape with other people in his life, his father, Lily, Harry, Draco. What draws you to these depictions? That's actually a good question, because I never noticed that until you asked, asked me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it goes back to me wanting to find out more about him and wanting to explore what makes him tick as a person. Because I hate the idea that he's this impenetrable being, that he doesn't feel anything or whatever. I like to explore the human sides of him. So putting him in situations with other people helped me get to that or try or help me answer that question as to how he tends to deal with certain things. And with Snape too, people tend to box him in and forget he wasn't born a full-grown adult. So he's he's had a hard life, but at some point he was also a kid, a teen with, you know, as cliche as it is, with hopes and dreams, <laughs> like everyone else. And how he is when we meet him in the book is already like the sum of what he's been through, some of all his, all his experiences. And the reason I like drawing him with other people is to show what stuff may have happened to have made him the way he is because all of all of what he is didn't occur in a vacuum it had to have some it was all because of interactions he had with with other people so that's pretty much the reason for it right yeah i i don't i just often see art where he's just kind of his black badness by himself (laughs) (laughs) so it's it's really lovely to to see interactions. I like those arts, those, those pieces too, where um, it's pretty much like a portrait of how he is. 
in that moment, I mean, as a, as a teacher, so it's all usually dark and brooding and whatever. It's like a classical pa- painting, but sometimes you just need to find out more, right? <laughs> yes. You couldn't have been living in darkness all the time. <laughs> yes, so true. You also have wonderful stories that you tell along with your pictures. Have you considered writing standalone fic? I have written a lot of stuff for different fandoms, actually, but they are, I tend to not mix fandoms. So people in different fandoms don't really know that I write for other sorts of fandoms. But for Snape fix, I do love reading Snape fix more than than writing them, I think, because writing does take up a lot of work and also a lot of your mental and emotional energy. And also, I, I did say I'm, I'm impatient, so it also eats up a lot of your time, and that's something I don't really have in abundance right now. So eventually, maybe I will, but for now, I'm content with just reading what everyone else has and imagining. I think I do have one-shots. I do have one-shots on the blog, but it's, I think there's two. Yeah. There's two on the blog, but it's, uh, I'll, I tend to, if I ever write anything out, I tend to keep it short. For the time being. Yes. Some of your um, pieces, and we'll be talking about one of them later on, are basically comics. Is that what you call them? Where they, you know, are multi-paneled? I would call them comics, I think, actually. Yeah. Because I also wouldn't see them as a single piece. Yeah, I think they're they're comics. But I'm I'm glad you pointed that out because actually drawing as as opposed to writing is not only much faster, but <laughs> it tells a story differently it's still a story but stories tend to land differently with drawings because you can see it and with writing people are left to their own imagination but with drawing I can show you what I see as I see it so for me it's more of a it's like taking something out of my head and actually showing it to you guys as opposed to you guys just creating your own mental image of what the scene is about so even with my drawings I think like when I tell you, or when I say Tobias, everyone would now actually know what Tobias in my head looks like, because <laughs> I keep draw, I keep drawing him the way I the way I see him. Yeah. So I I do like the the freedom that comes with that. Writing is is also similarly freeing, but yeah, a d- very different animal to wrestle with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you had Canon Tobias as a religious man who struggles with the fact that he has a magical wife and son. How did this idea come about? I think mainly because at some point, and this was when I was much older, from the 11-year-old who was reading Harry Potter, at some point I was mulling about how the Harry Potter universe would have coexisted with the real world. And it evolved into me also looking back at the author's context and such. So I guess this is just part of critical thinking that you learn, or critical analysis that you would have learned as you get older. And religion came up a lot during those moments because not only is it a big factor in my culture or my day-to-day thing, but it's also because I knew for a fact that England wasn't so secular at the time when Severus was growing up. And I felt that it would have played a huge part in the culture. And it just grew from there as like, how would this have affected the town he grew up in? How would this have affected how he was raised, etc.? And since I grew up Catholic, it was easy for me to look for connections and relate my own experiences to 
and what I know to the to the characters as well as to their reality living in England in the middle part of the 20th century. And Tobias being Catholic made perfect sense to me because it matched not only historically, but it also provided an explanation, not an excuse for his behavior as we know it, because my grandfather actually would have been the same age as him. And he had acted similarly when he was alive. So he was a very strict, he was a veteran from the from the war. So he was very, he didn't beat up kids. I mean, he, he, he didn't abuse his kids, but you know, it was a very strict household and you had a lot of rules and there were punishments meted out for stuff that you would have done wrong. And the fear of magic, I think my grandfather was some, it was also something he had ascribed to. I mean, it wasn't to the point where he would be putting crucifixes on Harry Potter books or anything, but it it just wasn't something he was comfortable with. I mean, he could watch magicians on the street and whatever, but the fact that such a popular book like Harry Potter was all the rage in the 90s and all his grandkids were reading, I think it made him more than slightly uncomfortable because, I don't know, I don't really know how his, how his mind worked or how they were raised, but... <laughs> It was just something and it was just a fact of life that we we had to live with. And I had just imagined Tobias as pretty much the same because they had grown up in the same generation. And I imagined Tobias as someone who was very traditional, very old fashioned, and he really wouldn't have been able to accept that the fact that his wife and his only child had powers that he couldn't understand, he couldn't explain on his on his own. So and with this headcan I found it easy to pity him as well so I also found it a way to humanize him a bit more since I also related my grandfather a lot to Tobias I mean my grandfather wasn't evil or anything he was just himself and you know I know Tobias was written as like this very flat bland character and people tend to just jump to the conclusion that oh he was a bad guy because he you know, abused Severus and his wife and whatever. But, you know, I like to dig deeper. and <laughs> I like to think of the reason why he he would be that way. Because people just don't, you know, people just don't become a certain way. It happens after a series of events. So, yeah. True. Okay. Where can people find your art? Just Tumblr. <laughs> just the Severus Sape blog. It doesn't really exist elsewhere. I think you guys are getting the full coverage of what <laughs> my capabilities are <laughs> in the realm of digital art because I don't really yeah I don't really post art el- elsewhere mm-hmm. okay well that's you know that's all the better for the snake them on <laughs> tumblr so. <laughs> yeah no division of fandoms here <laughs> yeah <laughs> do you do commissions or sell prints or the like not at the moment. To be honest, I'm a bit intimidated when it comes to commissions because my schedule is really full. I don't think I wouldn't be able to meet deadlines. It's because dif- it's very different for me drawing what I want to draw uh, as opposed to drawing for somebody else who's actually paid me real money. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so at the moment, no commissions or no products or prints at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go on to your works here. Sure. We selected a few of them to discuss here. I'll briefly describe them and then uh, you can uh, give us your observations or ideas or feelings. Okay. Okay. Uh, First one, uh, despite popular belief, 
Tobias Snape never actually regretted being a father. Oh, this one. Yes. Tobias kneels, so he's looking up into the eyes of young Severus. And they both have such a loving look. It's it's really a tender picture. This one from, I think, Snape-tober, right? Yeah. I think it is, yeah. Yeah. I think I like this piece. I chose this piece, I, <laughs> I believe. <laughs> I like this piece because it's pretty much sums up my feelings for for Tobias. I'm not a parent, unlike some some people in the snape them. So I I don't think I can really say what it feels like to be a parent, but I do have god kids and there's just this, you know, when I became a godparent at first, even though they weren't my kid, <laughs> there's just this feeling of this weird indescribable feeling of love and protectiveness that comes over you when they're first presented to you. And this is kind of what I was trying to express with this drawing, because I really find it hard to believe that Tobias, as a father of a single child, would not have loved his son at any point in his life. Like, this kid would have been wanted at some point, because I think, in my belief, the area they had lived in, it was mired in poverty. And usually, those kinds of areas do have a lot of kids running around because families tend to have a lot of kids. But with this particular family, the Snapes, they only had one child. And for me, Tobias had wanted Severus very much. And when he was born, it was a very special moment for him. And it only, he, as the boy grew up, I think he was fairly doted on still. I mean, at least before the magic appeared. But even before, even after the magic appeared, Tobias would have still, the love for his son was never really lost. So, you know, I I just do not like that <laughs> headcanon where Tobias is just this unfeeling father who, you know, just squelched out a child and, and um, made him some sort of punching bag for everything. Because, you know, it just doesn't seem realistic to me. At some point, this man would have loved his kid so much that, even if he wasn't showy about it, like he he really wouldn't have regretted having been a father. So he was still he would have still been very proud of Severus, I think. He just didn't know how to show it. Okay. The next one is you and I have memories longer than the road that stretches out ahead. Oh, okay. Yeah. With the wind in their hair, Lily and Severus ride their motorbike with abandon. Both of the color schemes depicted cover them in brilliant hues yeah i know this hang on let's see yeah this was from a this was actually because i was listening to a beatles song but oh, okay. <laughs> so, so i drew the, this is a beatles song that you and i have memories longer than the road that stretches out ahead um what is this song two of us it's called two of us oh and i like this piece because it I like Lily and Severus' friendship pretty much. Um, I think a lot of us in the Snape them actually do, whether or not people see it as romantic or platonic or whatever. It was a nice friendship while it lasted, or while, while it was actually genuine in, in canon. And since it didn't continue in canon, <laughs> I like to think of them still having grown up together and you know doing stuff that normal teens do when they go home to their hometown for the holidays and you know Pokeworth is a place where only in the whole of Hogwarts it's only Lily and Severus who have access to it nobody else knows that town it's just them and that's what makes it so special so 
this drawing is kind of like a tribute to what could have been if they hadn't had such a bad fallout in their fifth year. I like to think that they like gallivanting around, you know, doing normal teen stuff, smoking, <laughs> whatever, going to concerts. You know, I, I like Severus having a normal childhood and teenhood. Or like, I like imagining it as such. So Yes. Okay. The next one is part one of a random plot in my head. <laughs> or do you have another? It's the comic. Oh, the comic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This do you one. have another name for it? <laughs> I actually don't that's all right don't this this is uh this really was a random just a random thing I just sat down and did this comic what prompted this thing actually I don't know I think I think it was prompted by so this is the comic where it shows James Potter right right and he he's looking he he aims to do a final I don't know bullying stint on Severus during their seventh year but he his plan gets foiled because Lucius is there, so he can't actually do anything. Yeah, I think this was due to maybe a conversation with well-pressed Daisy about how Lucius would have reacted to the Marauders bullying Severus. So we know we all know Lucius was much older, so he had graduated Hogwarts before Severus could finish his schooling so this comic was just an exploration of what could have happened if Lucius had had bumped into James Potter when he was in one of his moods his capital M moods (laughs) yeah um I mean on the prowl to to victimize Severus and I don't like I don't like bullies (laughs) it's uh, it's it's just uh it's just something that I never I never really liked, even as a child. I wasn't really bullied, but I also wasn't a bully. Uh, I tended to defend people who who was bullied. So I think in my in my case, in in particular, this comic, I relate more to Lucius, <laughs> wherein if if one of my friends had this little punk chasing after him, I would pretty much hand his. And <laughs> I don't know if I could curse here. <laughs> you can. <laughs> I don't know if, I mean, I, I pretty much would have handed his ass back to him on a platter. And that's how I kind of imagine how Lucius would have been with James Potter, especially since they were both, they probably knew each other because they were both pure blooded, but Lucius would have had the upper hand because he's older and he has, he's one of the Sacred 28 and he's also, you know, much, much more powerful than James would ever be and it just kind of made me so excited at the thought that because he was actually on Severus' side what others what stuff could he have done to soften the bullying attempts on on Severus so it was I guess it's truly wish fulfillment <laughs> <This Yes. comment. laughs> I think for everyone who reads it, it is. <laughs> okay the next one is what do you mean for the weekend, Lucius? Says Snape, sitting on the stupid Snerner's end. He's holding an infant Draco with a look of horror on his face. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually surprised so many people like this one. <laughs> oh. But yeah, it, would, it, is, it is pretty hilarious the way he's scowling <laughs> at Lucius. You know, a lot of people don't like Lucius, don't like the Malfoys, but... I really find them hilarious. <laughs> I find the dynamic or the potential dynamic between 
them and Severus, particularly Lucius, because I find him so ridiculous. Like he's so vain and pompous and you know he seems like such an airhead but you know he's not and so he, he just has that right. typical um bimbo type himbo he's not a himbo because <laughs> he's pretty bad but you know you, you get what i mean but just to mix that character that kind of character with severus is always so much fun and that's i think why this piece came about because i was already imagining him as many people do <laughs> i was already imagining him as the the godfather and then of course i looked back at my own experience and i was like i was always saddled with the kids with my god kids at some point you know just for be sit or whatever just because they wanted to hang out and i figured lucius would have done the same since you know he has this handy dandy babysitter <laughs> <laughs> i mean and i think he was also trying to he was also maybe it's one of his attempts to get severus to not only bond more with his son, but also to get him out of a slump that he would have had post Lily, oh. post the death of Lily. So, oh, true. Um, I mean, I, Lucius, I think, is not dense. He does, he's a Slytherin. He's like a king Slytherin, right? So mm-hmm. the stuff he does always has a reason. And the way he, I imagine the way, the, the fact that he saddles in my AU anyway, <laughs> The fact that he saddles Snape so much with Draco to babysit is also his way of getting Snape to be more or less human, you know, have more interaction with human beings. And Draco is not someone he can refuse because as a, you know, as his godchild, he's a responsibility that he has to take care of and he has to feed and water <laughs> three times a day. <laughs> so, so yeah. you know, it's, it's just a fun exercise, a fun mental exercise to to go through. And we know how kids are like, you know, they're messy, they're, they're, they impede on your schedule. So he probably would not have been able to do a lot of dangerous potions with Draco around. And, all right. But eventually he learns to maybe trust Draco around potions and all, you know, all that stuff. It's, it's just very fun to, <laughs> yeah. To, dip into this AU once in a while. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Then the first day back at Spinner's End after a difficult term, Snape sits among the dust motes in a sunny kitchen. It's a lovely scene. Ah, yeah. Yes, it's a lovely scene until you realize that Sev is drinking (laughs) (laughs) Pepto-Bismol. I actually, like, this was one of my... Earlier, yeah, if I remember correctly, this was one of my earlier Snape pieces. I hadn't gotten the hang of digital art at this point yet. So this was very much uh, like a testing phase of sorts for myself. And I was so surprised at how popular this drawing is. <laughs> like, I myself don't know why it's so popular. I really don't. Like, up, up to now, I don't know why it's so popular. It's so messy. <laughs> it's so... <laughs> um, but I guess... I don't know. People have tried to say it's the pose, it's the sunlight. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what it is. Yeah, I think both of them really make it just kind of, you still get a warm feeling, even though, you know, he's drinking Pepto-Bismol. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't know if the kids, if like the younger generation of Tumblr know what Pepto-Bismol is. I don't know if it's still sold, actually. <laughs> oh, I, I but, think it is, actually. It is, yeah. but do people still take it? I mean, I mean, it's nasty stuff. There's but... so many <laughs> things that are better 
That's true. I mean, more specific, whatever. But yeah. (laughs) But this is, yeah, I I do like this piece. I mean, first, not, but I don't know if it's for the same reason that, that everyone likes it for, but I I like it because it it shows a human side of him, but it's not a sad looking piece. It's it's happy. So I purposely made it very light, despite the fact that he's pretty much having a hard time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, gastroenterally, he's not great, but <laughs> but I like to imagine when I was making this, I was imagining it as you know, it's his first day back after a long term and he's finally gotten rid of all the children he's finally finished all of the paperwork he's supposed to have so and he's celebrating it with (laughs) a glass of Pepto-Bismol which he most certainly I think wouldn't have had in Hogwarts because I guess he would have had potions and stuff but maybe in Spinner's End Pepto-Bismol was ready and available and rather than because it's a muggle community rather than him breaking out the cauldrons and stuff and making a new batch of whatever he makes to right. quiet his stress. He just reverts to, you know, being a normal guy in a normal town and just gets what's convenient. And that's also a part of Snape that I like exploring the fact that he's half muggle because it's something we can definitely relate to. He's normally uh, this put together guy, but you know, I imagine like when he goes back home, he just likes to let his guard down. And that's why he's in these torn jeans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like in these old jeans and a sweatshirt that he's probably gotten from his closet and probably smells of mothballs or stuff, something, but. No, probably. Yeah. His cupboards are empty. There's a mm-hmm. box. The box of cereal is there pretty much because he bought bought it when he bought the Pepto-Bismol. Right. But. <laughs> everything else he's just a normal guy and i just i just like imagining that about him i think the only magical thing in this picture is actually the lily because i imagine that lily is something that's always there like it doesn't die it's just some um i don't know what it is probably a transfigured object um but it's something that he doesn't remove from that spot so when he goes home it's still there it's pretty much a constant thing and yeah that's kind of what that's what I was imagining when I was making this piece. <laughs> I don't know if people would um, would have noticed it if I hadn't explained it, but or if they had different thoughts on it. But that's oh. what I was thinking. It's it's a nice, yeah, like you say, kind of reaching back to his muggle roots there. But the next one is at some point near the end, Snape found the mirror with a black background with pale streaks signifying reflection. Severus is in the embrace of his ghostly father. This is done in cool blues and grays that are really effective. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I really like this piece. I do like this piece. This may be one of what, my first Tobias piece. No, no, it's not. It's one of, this is, I think, what, when I figured out what I wanted Tobias to kind of be or what their relationship was like. So I felt at this point that Snape probably had had a complicated relationship with his father, like many of Mm -hmm. us. I mean, a lot of us have complicated relationships with our parents, but also for a lot of us, we don't really stop loving our parents just because they're difficult. And that's what I felt Snape may have gone through, that he had had a good relationship with his father up to a certain point. And that's also what had spiraled off into the other headcanons that I had made eventually. But his relationship with his father is something that's very 
complex and very personal that if he had looked into the and also like it's unfinished business so that's why when he i imagine when he did bump into or discover the mirror of Erezed at some point if he had <laughs> something portraying his father and something akin to forgiveness would have been what the reflection would have showed cuz i don't know it was just there i don't really i think severus for most of his life was looking for father figures in dumbledore and voldemort and you know all those yes. strong male characters but at the end i would think right before his death or because he knew he was dying um he was also looking at trying to tie loose ends and a big part of that was this relationship with his parents so yeah this is pretty much what that piece is trying to to emulate it's very poignant at this point i don't think i knew if tobias had been a great father or a good father or whatever i think it was just it was just working with the emotions that we all have parent issues yes <laughs> that you know mostly go unresolved and mostly go you know we just put under the rug because what's the use or whatever but also a lot of us feel like we wish we could have done something more or something because they it you know as much as we try to break away from parental figures and authority figures like that it's a huge part of us and it's it's a fundamental part of who we are so having snape circle back around and try to resolve it um on his own is i think a recurring theme in my <laughs> in my drawings and this was like just first of many <laughs> yes it's very effective the last one we have is took you long enough to get here this finds severus and lily embracing in a field at sunset or is it sunrise oh i love the yeah right 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 it's whereas the previous yeah. piece was in uh, cool tones this is warm it's at sunset or okay or sunrise and yeah i never really made my mind uh-huh. up either about it can be yeah. either one <laughs> i do like this piece yeah why did i make this piece i think this was i don't know if people remember but there's more than one piece like this that i've made there's a similar piece but this that other piece had both of them looking into the camera quote unquote <laughs> like they were in the mm-hmm. office no but it it had the both of them hugging as well but they were looking you could see their faces and it was sunnier it was happier actually it was what did i call that piece anyway it was similar similar picture and i think i had made this as a sort of redraw or or something oh okay but it's the same theme it's always uh, it's it's pretty much a reunion theme for for Lily and Severus because i don't know the guy has suffered enough right yes <laughs> so i like to think that i mean i like to think wherever he went whatever he went through with Lily at that point would have been wiped away because that's that's pretty much the only thing he he wanted right he he just wants to have his friend back he just wants that kind of kinship again and that's why i keep giving him these <laughs> these situations where okay just have lily i'll just draw with lily because i just really feel sorry for you but i also like this piece because it's it also 
I don't know. I think it's a very hopeful piece. I remember now I was listening to Fields of Gold and this, this was what prompted the, this was what prompted the color scheme. Um, so that's why it's gold predominantly. From the Sting song. Sting. Sting song. Yeah. Sting song. Um, and I think it was just such a, well, I think the song's nice, first of all, but it's also such, um, it made me think of coming home like the the feeling of coming back home and this piece was pretty much or is is pretty much Snape coming home in the sense that his home was always with a certain person because that's the person that he felt he could have been his most real self with I don't think he was ever his authentic self with anyone else perhaps Lucius perhaps Dumbledore but I don't think anybody else would have come close as Lily would have when they were children. So this would have been something to express that. And I think I drew him in his robes because that's his teaching robes because that's also, it symbolizes growth. So it's kind of like he didn't revert back to childhood when when he went wherever he went. My first drawing was like that. Um, the first Lily Severus embrace in the after looked like that. They had reverted the children. But this, I think I purposely made them older as signified by the clothes because I wanted it to show that, you know, it's forgiveness. It's just a, it's just a symbol of forgiveness. Yes. Like They both know what, what happened. They both know what's been said and done, but they still choose to go to this path where they become friends again. And, you know, I think that's just something we need (laughs) to be reminded of every once in a while where people, it is possible that people can get back together again or can find themselves in these situations where you, you just want to put down all of the, or, you know, get rid of all of the tough memories and just move forward it's understandable if you don't uh, but there are also there are also situations where and people do and yeah even if it happens way way after <laughs> so that's kind of it's kind of what what I wanted to give him just a sense of peace and home yeah that makes me sad though <laughs> oh, oh really sorry <laughs> it's like oh well it's because I, I secretly feel that he lived, but once in a while I get oh, I, mean, I, I do like too. This. I mean, I have all sorts of, <laughs> <laughs> I have all sorts of, you know, headcanon and stuff. That's part of that too. Okay. Well, I've really enjoyed speaking with you. Thanks for joining us today. I have too, actually. Oh, good. I'm very sorry I had to keep you up. Uh, oh, <laughs> I know it's a Sunday night slash Monday morning. <laughs> It's all right, actually. Twenty a.m. Right where you yeah, are. Yeah, but yesterday our time changed back an hour, so okay. it's really only midnight. I mean, okay. it's, I, I don't really feel yeah. that bad then. And I I stay up till midnight <laughs> all the time, so it's, yeah, it's no big deal. <laughs> well, thank you for actually asking me to be on the on the podcast, Snapecast. I don't know what this is called. <laughs> Snape chat. Snape chat. Yes, <laughs> that's where we are. Oh, thank you for joining me. I had fun. <laughs> I did too. Well, have a great rest of your day. All right, we'll see you around then. Thank you. Okay, take care. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye.
And that's all for Snape Chat, Episode 10. Find links in the show notes for Never Snape's art, which you just have to see, Thick Rex, and more. Let us know what you think. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Tumblr and Twitter, or send us an email and, or voice message. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks to Maria and Nix for all their great behind-the-scenes help. Be sure to check out Care of Magical Shippers podcast. Thanks for listening in. Until next time, stay snarky.